Hey what's up everybody, thank you for checking this video. If you want to see more, please leave a like and subscribe. But even if you don't, enjoy and happy coding. Welcome to episode 31 of the Nerd Continuity Podcast with me, Chris Perko, and Alex Alakad over here. Hello, hello. Uh, how, are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing, Alex? Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty excited to finally do another episode. It's been, yeah, a, it's been a while. Been, yeah, it's been a while. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Awesome. I'm finally settled down here in Atlanta and done mm -hmm. with all the moving shenanigans. So, Did uh, you unpack all the boxes? <laughs> everything that's not in our storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> the almighty storage unit. That yes. helps a lot, right? Yeah. You're still like <laughs> going around your apartment sometimes like, where did I leave that thing? Or like, where was that mug? Or oh, still in the box. Yep. It's still uh, in a box somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's the worst of moving. How are your uh, did your uh, dogs and cat settle down? Oh yeah, they're they're doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, we we took the dogs out today to a dog park, and there were no other dogs there, so oh. they were kind of bored. But uh, yeah, oh. they're they're doing great. Ah, oh, nice. That's good. Always like relocation is always tough on um, animals yeah. because they don't understand. You cannot explain them. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, they didn't know we were moving. We just were like, "All right, get in the car. We're we're driving across the country." Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, the main topic of this episode is dealing with burnout, which pretty much everyone has, everyone has experienced. Or if you like, you're the special human being, a special cookie that never experienced a burnout before. Don't worry, it will happen to you. It's like you <laughs> cannot escape that. So it's better be prepared and how to uh, fight that or embrace it because someone also likes to embrace a burnout and depends on your lifestyle. But uh, this is the main t topic of the episode. We're going to also try to talk a little bit because it's really related to the burnout, how to keep staying productive and not just slack out. It's all like kind of related. The more productive you are, the more lean to burnouts are you like it's could happen more often the the more you work. So it's kind of like a weird balance to have. And if we have time, we will talk about also about the imposter syndrome, which unfortunately is also related to a burnout. It's kind of like the first thing that you have in a burnout. The first thing that happens, start doubting about yourself, which is right. <laughs> yeah. it's our life. <laughs> Never yeah, too exactly. sure. Uh, but before starting, let's do a quick round of the day because we haven't done an episode in probably three or four weeks. So what mm -hmm. have you been up to during this time? I've been really busy. I haven't had time for my personal side projects. I've been kind of keeping some ideas written down and um, some things I want to blog about. Um, you know, just, just different things that I, I do want to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, just haven't had time. I've been uh, super busy with work. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I picked up a, uh, a side, like a client that I'm working with. Um, I met the, or I'm working with a client basically through uh, someone I work with at work, mm -hmm. but as like a second job on the side to kind of recover our, our savings that were completely depleted from the move. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of working a, a second job just trying to, you know, make sure we, we have our savings and we're in yeah. order. So, you know, because you never know when things are going to happen and you might need oh, however yeah. much money to deal with medical bills or the dogs or whatever. So, uh, so we're going through that, and mm -hmm. I haven't had a whole lot of time to work on on my personal side projects. Mm. Um, I'm going to try to write some blogs about some of the stuff I'm doing on the side nice. because it's completely new to me. 
um uh, it has like, to do with like yeah like message what? queuing and and internet of things that i've i've never messed with you oh, know, really? small devices and everything so yeah it's uh it's completely new and i feel kind of lost at times mm-hmm. but it's it's starting to make sense and everything so nice are you gonna just trying to i don't know get a raspberry pi or something like that and try to build something cool or what what what's your process what you're planning to do if you can give us a little sneak peek right um yeah i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do with with small devices Um, i'm kind of working with a client that already has a bunch of devices that are already communicating with each other Mm -hmm. um so we're trying to cut down on costs we're we're moving away from uh, i think they're using azure right now we're moving to a service called pubnub um and it's it's uh, it's a pretty cool system where they they really work with IoT things. Um, they replicate across I think 15 sites across the globe. Mm-hmm. So if you're working with devices in you know you have one device in the U.S. and one in Europe or Asia or wherever, mm-hmm. uh, they've got these nodes across the world that can can keep the the latency very short. Nice. Uh, so it's a pretty cool service. It's a lot cheaper than what they're currently using with Azure. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't talk a whole lot about it because of some documents I've signed, but, uh, uh-uh. but yeah, I, I can, I can try to talk about some technology and, and some blog posts coming up. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Uh, I saw that on your YouTube channel, you started this super cool, uh, introduction to game development. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is about, like, I didn't know you knew game development with like <laughs> canvas and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of game development several years ago on on android um doing libgdx mostly Mm -hmm. i did a little bit with with strict android and found that that was kind of difficult to work with so working with a a library outside of it was was a lot easier Mm -hmm. um and i've played with canvas in the past doing like different animations and things and so i was like you know this is something i i really enjoy doing yeah and it would be easy for me to make videos about it because i enjoy it so much yeah so I've been trying to focus on on building this series of of building like a little brick breaker brick breaker game yeah, using just the canvas. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. I've got a couple episodes that I'm I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. I need to edit and and probably get out later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I had more time to work on it because I really do like it. But uh, uh, you know, there's only only so much time in the day. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I I really like the format you're releasing your videos. Like a really short, and they tackle just mm-hmm. one topic, which is kind of the best when you're starting uh, when you're starting coding new things because you don't really I mean you can follow a really long video like 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. video but then you probably will forget that specific thing that if you mm-hmm. want to go back and rewatch and you don't want to see through another 20 minutes just to find that specific thing so the fact that you release these super short videos which they tackle just one topic it's super helpful for beginners yeah, I was kind of inspired by, um, I believe it was Scott Chayo, or not Scott Chayo, I'm sorry. Um, oh, man, I completely blanked right now. Who's that? Scott Talinsky? No. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. There was a guy that was doing, oh, it was Egghead, Egghead IO. Egghead, yes. Yeah, he, a long time ago, back when Angular was pretty new, Angular Angular 1, mm-hmm. Angular JS, um, he released a whole lot of videos on YouTube, and they were all very, very short, to the point episodes on you know, what is a controller? What is the scope variable? Oh, and nice. it made it really easy to, to learn. So I figure for this this series, I'm going to focus on really short episodes on little bits and um, and focus on just the fundamentals. And the next series I want to do game using libgdx. Mm-hmm. 
and do longer episodes because we've already covered all the basics of you know how does collision detection work um you know all these all these basic things and put them together into longer episodes where we can really start building a game much faster yeah that's so amazing. Um, i'm excited to continue to do that um i'm hoping i have more time in the future to to work on it faster because i feel like i'm i'm releasing them so slow sometimes yeah but, well it's okay yeah. it's like priorities in life right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh damn it um and you just passed 100 subscribers on your youtube channel yes. right Finally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard, man. Like, YouTube is changing the algorithm pretty much every day. Yeah. And now it's getting even harder for the people that are already subscribed to your channel to get notifications of new videos that you're publishing, which is kind mm -hmm. of insane. They're changing. Everything is not chronological anymore, which is... I, I understand that the technical reasons that chronological timeline, especially with millions and millions of videos, is like really hard on server and computation. But still, if a user subscribes to your channel, it means that it's interested. So, right. well, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, so that was very exciting. Um, you know, I want to do another, a better giveaway when mm -hmm. we get to maybe 500. Nice. Uh, might do like digital ocean credits. I might talk with them to see if I can buy credits and then give them away to somebody. Oh, lovely. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I was I was super happy to hit 100. I was I was traveling at the time, and yeah. I landed, and I was like, oh, I've hit 100. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, it's just the beginning. Then you're gonna hit a thousand, and then you're gonna grow from there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have my platinum uh play button right oh yes yeah i yeah i would love to have that too <laughs> what is that at five million i think uh the platinum i don't remember probably is like because uh the silver is hundred thousand the gold is one million platinum is that is that 10 million or something or is diamond it's something crazy 10 million diamond <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Is okay. it real diamond? Like real platinum? Could, it should be at that point, right? Could you sell it? <laughs> Melt it and sell it or just like in the dark market? I don't know. Whatever. Stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to? Oh, man. So many things. Uh, being super busy at work as well. We're building the new version of Ritual Music built in uh, Laravel and Vue.js. The thing is that when you're rebuilding something with new technologies, pretty much once every two weeks, you have to update and upgrade and follow all these new releases of whatever software you're using or whatever uh, coding language you're using. Uh, because we did the mistake before before I started at the company, they did the mistake of starting with Laravel like 5.1 and they didn't mm -hmm. follow the uh, weekly releases or the upgrades and stuff like that. So for like two years, they remain in Laravel 5.1 and after two years, upgrading was so complicated from 5.1 to 5.5 or 5.6. Yeah, once so, you get behind, it's it's hard to catch up. Yeah, it's kind of impossible. So one of my main objective is pretty much once every three weeks to have a couple of days dedicated to upgrade all the packages, all the dependencies, and just make it work because it's easier. You can uh, you can solve this problem in just like four hours. Upgrading from five point six to five point six point one, it's easier than. Uh, jumping a major release or stuff like that. Even if it chips away a little bit of time, you can still um, keep your application always fresh and always updated with bug fixes and security patches instead of just 
than spending two months and trying to figure out everything that changed in the past few years, which is insane. But that is taking a lot of time. Probably at the end of the next month, um, around mm-hmm. the end of June, we're going to have our full launch. Uh, we're going to have a soft launch, I guess, in the second week of June. I'm really excited because it's it's a massive improvement from what we have right now. And Vue.js, it's amazing. Like I... Uh, learning Vue.js was really easy and I was impressed. Uh, I have a little bit of background in Angular, so it was really similar to Angular, but it's just, it kind of, it's kind of magic. Sometimes I think, can Vue.js do this? And I tried, oh yes, he can. And I (laughs) I totally understand what, what I want to do without writing massive lines of code, which is fantastic. Yeah. I really wish Vue was more popular because it's, it's so easy to use and so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people jumped on the React bandwagon and are just kind of like, oh, well, React's popular, so we should use it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I find that Vue is like a much easier version of React. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, I love it. Yeah, um, me too. Have you taken a look at Laravel Shift before? Laravel Shift? No. What is yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's a paid service that you can use to upgrade your app to a different oh. version of Laravel. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like a... It uses bots to go through your code and upgrade things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, going from a, a lower level all the way up to five point six, it, mm-hmm. it might be worth. You know, it's it's not a whole lot of money. I think it's like you know, I think they say on the website it's between three to twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah. So and it, I think it'll tell you things that it it can't do. It'll be like, hey, look at this piece of code because mm-hmm. you can't use it. I haven't personally used it. I know somebody who has, and they said it was amazing. Yeah, it's totally worth the money. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I like. I think I saw something similar, or like was checking some automation type to do, do the, the the upgrade. But then I decided to mm-hmm. not do it and do everything manually because of the way the previous mm-hmm. developer built the original application. There were some like architectural flaws inside it. It was right. like mm, I don't want to just carry around this base architecture to the new version it's better to just restart from scratch we learn a lot from user data and analysis and stuff like that so we were able to like fully rebuild and it was like a meaningful rebuild it wasn't just a rebuild because we had to upgrade the version it was like we actually needed to rebuild things but yeah it's a it's an amazing server it's like service it's uh, it's really helpful if you just need to upgrade you don't want to spend time and dealing with bugs and stuff and Right. Yeah, it's actually really cheap. That's a good suggestion. Yeah, yeah it is good. It is cheap. Um, I mean, but yeah, like what you're saying, you know, getting rid of that that technical debt, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you don't want to carry that around forever because my God, making changes in the future is going to be difficult. You're going to have bugs. And yeah, exactly, and... absolutely. Um, and other than that, I've been to Seattle last weekend, and uh, the main mission of going to Seattle was to buy my fiance's wedding dress because I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm Congratulations. Ad- <laughs> Thank you. I'm an adult now, so I need to get <laughs> married. Uh, we're going to get married in September here in Vancouver. And oh, wow. um, she couldn't find a wedding dress here. Uh, it was kind of mm-hmm. like hard. Like Vancouver, even if it's it feels like a big city, it's it's actually really, really small. So we have not all the stores, all the availability. Even if we have the same stores as the U.S., sometimes they don't have the same articles. They don't have the same dresses, and they cannot ship it here because it's not cost-effective for them. 
So right. we took. But she have to deal with the taxes of exporting it oh from the country. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> taxes are <laughs> killing us here. Uh, yeah. So Sabrina found the dress online uh, at the store in Seattle, and we took a chance to have like a mini small vacation and buying the dress. And it was really fun because we arrived at the store, and she had this dress in mind, which she booked for a test. And mm-hmm. she wore it, and she looked terrible in it. <laughs> it was really her words, not mine. Like she yeah, said, "Oh, I looked yeah. terrible." <laughs> I'm like, "No, you're fine." Uh, but yeah, no, it was like so flashy and full of diamonds. It was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it looked totally different in picture. So um, it was funny because I was the only man in this <laughs> wedding changing dressing room where like all these group of girls were trying dresses yeah. and suggest I'm a, I was the only guy there and I was Did talking give you some wine while you waited no or? they didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the chance that was the opportunity I was I was sitting on a really fancy chair in front of a gigantic mirror <laughs> and everyone was looking at me like probably he's the gay friend of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the bride like no I'm the future husband. Oh, oh my God, are you going <laughs> to see the dress? Yes, I have to decide as well. Um, and I started giving actually really good suggestions to the, 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 the store lady that she was helping us. And mm-hmm. I started talking to her and was like, no, because Sabrina, my fiance, has this particular body type that she has to uh, show her shoulders. She cannot cover up with something on top and all this stuff like that. So everyone was really impressed by him. My knowledge of wedding dresses. Yeah, <laughs> I know nothing about them, so I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun actually, and it took us just a couple of hours, which was great. I was expecting to spend more time in it instead. No, nope. uh, so that's done. Um, other thing I've been doing, like let's go super quickly because we need to start the episode. But I've been testing a lot Elementor US uh, Juno, the 5.0 mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. And because they changed, um, GTK changed a lot the style sheet. So pretty much the apps that I'm building, SQLer and also Akira, they look awful now with the new version of GTK. So everything is broken. And I'm, I'm testing this daily build to try to patch it up before the release of Juno. Uh, but it's beautiful. It's looking, it's looking fantastic, and can't wait for the guys to release the first beta. It's amazing, um, and that's it. Then usual. I'm trying to record YouTube videos, but it's been like mm-hmm. three weeks that I haven't published anything. Just life yeah. in general. It's pretty. Oh, I understand. It's it's tough. <laughs> it's super tough. So let's jump straight into the episode of dealing right. with burnout. So first, what is a burnout? Do you wanna? Do you wanna tell them what it is? Sure, yeah. You're I mean, you're I the expert here, for, probably or not. <laughs> We're <laughs> well, both. I've had it many many times, and I'm sure you have too. Oh yes. Um, you know, I think it's it's probably different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times for me, it's it's happened from just overworking, mm-hmm. um, and not just overworking, but overworking is something that you don't enjoy, or overworking with a lot of stress behind it you know, you have to get this thing done next Friday. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me three weeks. No, it has to be done by Friday. Uh, um, you know, and, and just dealing with that. And uh, I, I think part of it also is is we, as developers, a lot of times we get in development because we really like what we do. So we do our, our day job and then we want to do more outside of it. So we've mm-hmm. got side projects and we've got, you know, like you and I do YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So all of that kind of builds up 
and you get to a point where you're almost depressed doing it. Like you don't want to do it anymore. And, uh, you know, so you go to work and you're just like, all right, I, I got a program for the next eight hours. I got to mm-hmm. build this thing that I don't care about anymore. And, uh, you know, after work, you're just like, I don't want to work on my side products. I don't want to read any articles. I don't want to do anything. Yes. Else. So it's, for me, it's, just, it's almost like a depression. Like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. I'm done. I'm going to quit my job. I'm, that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's really similar to me as well. Mine is not, is not fully related on the amount of work that I have to do. I actually mm-hmm. enjoy that. Like, the more busy I get, the more motivated I get. Um, okay. The thing that I start noticing when I start to get into the burnout is that um, I start counting the hours until the end of a project. That's the first hint mm-hmm. of something is coming up. I'm feeling like a burnout. Yeah. If I don't, like when I'm totally into it and I'm totally fine and I, I'm enjoying it, I don't even look at the at the clock. I just like follow the task. I just start working and enjoy the process. But if I yeah. start looking at the clock once every five minutes and I start thinking, passively thinking, okay, this task is going to take me one hour is too much i hope it's gonna be over soon or still like 11 a.m oh my god still six hours to go and if i started thinking about this thing and i just Mm -hmm. have that attitude it means that something is changing inside me and i'm i'm going towards the burnout that's yeah my first hint uh how do you usually like that the first thing that happens in a burnout is that you don't realize you are in a burnout you don't realize you're currently dead suddenly all of a sudden as you said you feel tired you feel depressed you don't want to do anything you don't have energy not even to do your own things and sometimes you don't even want to talk with anybody like you want to stay close in a dark room and that's it um (laughs) yeah do, do you ever notice that like if something before that moment happens like do you find yourself immediately in the burnout and it's like oh shit i'm a burnout I, like i feel burnout <laughs> or you realize when it's happening and when it's starting to get into that into that state uh yeah i would say that now that i'm older and i've i've been doing this for a long time that i can kind of detect that i'm starting to get burned out um mostly for me it's it's kind of boredom with a project um, mm. you know, I feel like I'm, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, or I'm not interested in it anymore. Uh, that's kind of, that's kind of an early sign for me. Um, but it kind of, it, it seems to me that it can spiral really quickly out of control to the point where yes. I go from like, I'm a little bored to like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm done, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a tough thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the first reaction that pretty much everyone has is just to shut down completely because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like your brain demands a, a pause, demands stop. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, most of the times, because as developers or even designers in general, like creative people, we don't like to not do anything. We always need to do yeah. something. So our brain tries to find alternative ways to fill up that time that we don't want to spend and dedicate on the task that makes us bored or like makes us mm-hmm. like that, that forced us into this burnout state. And from my point of view is that I get hooked on Netflix. That's my drug. Like I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, or try to fill up the time with I don't know gambling or other things. Like I right. try to find something that 
kind of like makes me feel I'm doing something. I'm watching a series that I always wanted to watch, but I'm watching mm -hmm. 12 episodes per day, every day. <laughs> that's not, that's not good. Yeah, right. What about you? Do you have like, yeah. what, what are your uh, escapistics behaviors? <laughs> If that's a word, is that a um, word, escapistics? Yeah. Maybe, It, I don't escap know. <laughs> escap I know. Escapist behaviors. <laughs> I've I've uh I've spoke English all my life and I, I don't know the language very well to be honest. So <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm a terrible person to ask. Um yeah, so for me, yeah, it's it's uh this kind of vegging out, you know, taking a day to veg out or um something I like to do that I, I wish I could do more often, but it's expensive, is to just take a day and go to a day spa, get a massage. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of times they tell you you can't bring your cell phone in here which is exactly what I need. Oh, uh, You know, I don't have the opportunity to even look at my phone. So to get me in a place where there's like nothing to do mm -hmm. is actually really calming and kind of cleansing for me. Because um, I can take the time to actually just think as opposed to, you know, for stuff, I'm gonna start reading things. Uh, I'm gonna start watching a video on Netflix. Mm -hmm. For me, it's... it's um, It's hard while I'm there, yeah. But when I leave, I feel very relaxed and 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 cleansed. Um, another thing I used to do, and I haven't done in a long time, um, was I used to go backpacking in the Smoky Mountains uh, when I lived in North Carolina. So me and some buddies, we would go and we would, you know, pack our bags and we'd be like, "All right, we've got enough food, we've got enough water, uh, we've got the an, uh, the ability to get water and clean it and 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 drink it and everything." Mm -hmm. And we'd go out there for like two or three days. Uh, no self-service, mm. nothing. We just go out in the woods, camp out, and and to me that would just, I would feel so much better, and I would be so much more motivated when I got back. So, yes. um, I think to me it's just I need to turn off. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that that's one of like the most common advice whenever you feel a burnout is just to turn off. But the problem is that we don't really know how to turn off. Like your suggestions mm -hmm. are great, and these are like kind of like. The first thing that someone you should do just disconnect don't don't bring your phone just go for a hike stay outside just yeah. think most of the time there's this misconception that you're you're feeling burnout because you're thinking too much no that's completely the opposite you're feeling <laughs> burnout because you're doing too much you should mm -hmm. just unplug start like thinking about why you're feeling burnout and then doing something else completely disconnected from your environment, what you're doing and what makes you feel burnout. Instead, in this day and age, whenever I, I notice a lot with like my girlfriend <laughs> or my fiance, I should say, uh, <laughs> that when she feels burnout, she spends a lot of time on Facebook because she feels like, okay, I'm gonna unwind and just gonna watch silly pictures. But also that you're still connected to the world, you're still connected and you're still getting dumped all these information, all these data in your brain and you're not allowing your brain to unwind and relax properly because you're still like super immersed in this world, which is not good. And yeah. like going out, not bringing your phone is one of the first thing that you should do you should really disconnect and not just like sit on the couch and watch netflix like i do pretending no i'm dealing with my burnout no i'm just like delaying and postponing my dealing with the burnout which is not healthy at all yeah and and for me on all my social media like like facebook for instance i i follow groups that are related to development 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if, even if I open up Facebook, it's not just cat pictures. Um, you know, it, it can be posts of like, Hey, I've, I've got this problem. What do you guys suggest? You know, mm-hmm. I've got this hosting issue. And so I'm immediately right back into the whole web development world. And, uh, so it's, it's like, I, I can't escape it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so the first thing that I'm, I'm starting to do, I'm actually like trying to change my life in that way because I used to pretty much all my life since I started coding, I used to just emerge, like jump right into a project full blast working 14 hours per day until I cracked and then just like collapsed on the spot and then uh, stay a, a week super sloppy without doing anything and then jumping right back to it when I feel my energy yeah. <laughs> are back and it is, it's not a healthy behavior and um, the thing that I noticed and I found out reading online is that um, pretty much everyone in the world experience burnout it's, it's it's impossible especially during a creative uh, doing a creative job like mm-hmm. it's impossible that will you will not ever experience a burnout sometimes people experience more uh, aggressively than others sometimes people just go through their life without understanding that they're living a burnout because it's really mild so it's kind of manageable mm-hmm. but everyone has it and the interesting thing that I found is that if you experience a burnout early in your life, it's easier to deal with that. Instead, if you start experiencing burnout when you're like 35 or 40 and you never had one of those before, that's harder to deal with that and manage it, which is it's kind of interesting. It's better to be sick earlier, <laughs> <laughs> earlier than later, like your body. Yeah, I know what it is. It's okay. I've right. dealt with it my entire life. Um, do you, I don't know, you have like a recollection or you remember when was the first time that you felt like this? Uh, I don't know, probably pretty early because my, my first job I had was working at a startup. Mm. Um, you know, I was, I was right out of college. I I joined a startup that when I, when I started there, it was like, oh, awesome. We we have tons of money in our runway. We're, we're doing awesome. Everything's great let's hire all these people and we have this cool work area. We've got ping pong tables and a, and a Wii to play Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, your typical startup life. Um, yeah. And it quickly became, Hey, we don't have any money. And whoever does the worst job gets let go every month. Um, so. <laughs> right. That's so, it's such a relaxing environment, right? Oh, it, yeah, totally. So, you know, nobody touched the Wii for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I felt it pretty, pretty early on from just the, the demand of my, my day job. Um, you know, it wasn't just a day job. It was work. It was late nights. It was holiday weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was doing what you could to be, to not be the guy that's getting let go this month. Yeah. Um, eventually that, that guy was me, but, uh, you know, it was inevitable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I experienced it pretty early on. Um, and I've, I've experienced it probably in every job I've had, uh, not, not just from the work, but Mm -hmm. from things I'm trying to do on the side, trying to, trying to learn things. I Mm -hmm. mean, technology these days we've talked about in previous episodes is, is just increasingly fast. I mean, it's, you can't keep up with it. (laughs) So, you know, trying to keep up with that and keep up with your job and it's, it's too much. Trying to have a life. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to have friendships. You, you gotta have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, you have to prioritize. 
yeah you have to learn how to prioritize and like is this really important should i like dedicate and spend my all my energy during the day to just this thing or mm-hmm. should i just balance and not always trying to be the first one or like trying to be perfect it's just like chill and enjoy the process it's totally fine that's something that no one teaches you in school and no one teaches you that no. yeah and um so let's i like we years and years of burning out myself and just like <laughs> destroying losing all my hair and just getting fat and then getting back in shape and then getting fat again and all these kind of things <laughs> i learned a lot of like personal techniques and I don't know if these personal techniques can apply to everyone because everyone is different. Everyone reacts to different things. So advices that you find online or advices that these, like, I don't know, billionaire found or like they suggest, oh, you should do this to be more productive. You should do this to be happy. Like probably they don't work for you because you're a unique person with unique feelings and you have to find your Mm -hmm. thing. But the thing that we could do, we could just share whatever we found that works for us and and see if other people can benefit by changing that thing so my first thing that the thing that i always do when i feel like i'm breaking down and just having like a nervous breakdown i feel depressed and stuff like that i go uh analog like i try to remove all the digital things that i have around me so i write on a small diary or a notebook how i feel I start writing down all the things that I feel. And there's a good exercise that I always fail to follow through, but whenever I, I, I succeed to follow through, it's, it's amazing. Every morning when you wake up, the first thing that you do before checking your phones for notifications or even having breakfast, you write down how you feel that morning. And most of the times it's super helpful for me when I feel super tired. When I feel tired, I sit down in front of my notebook and start writing, I feel tired because... And I try to understand the reasons why I'm tired. Mm. And all the time I'm tired because, not because I didn't sleep enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or like I I slept like eight hours, nine hours. I still feel hammered. I feel super tired. Like I've been binge drinking for two weeks. I don't know. Like (laughs) I feel terrible. And when I start like thinking why I'm tired, automatically my my brain gives me the answer without me actively thinking. And the fact that I'm writing it down helps me to sit in the moment and kind of like unwind, relax, and forget about all the things that I have around me that give me stress because I'm in that moment focusing on myself and writing it down not on a digital device, which is the the, the importance of touching having like a texture feeling or touching and using your hands to do something. Probably it's particular for us because we're kind of like on the edge of being millennials. We're not really millennials, I guess. <laughs> we're kind of yeah. like, we didn't I have a cell phone that. growing up. We didn't have internet. I had internet when I was like 14 for the first time. And um, so I, I'm used to have pencil and pen and paper and do stuff on paper, which is, it's really good for me. So this is my first thing that I do when I'm feeling that I'm cracking down. Uh, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I was I was told I could not have a cell phone until I was driving a car because that was the only time I needed it mm-hmm. to you know call home. That's and now true. I see kids that are like in third grade and they're you know playing Minecraft on their phones. So, <laughs> so good, so um, so healthy. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm bad about that. I, I wake up in the morning and I roll over and I grab my phone. I'm like, all right, what emails do I have? What notifications do I have? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's no, I, I think that, I mean, you're, you're correct. I mean, you're correct. I mean, it, it should be more about waking up and, and doing things more physical, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's writing a journal or working out or, mm-hmm. or just sitting outside. I mean, <laughs> Oh yeah. Fresh air. Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, something that I'm, I'm trying to get back into and I haven't done a long time is, uh, is mountain biking cool. a lot in college and even after college. But, uh, the last several years, I think, you know, I was kind of discouraged in San Antonio because it's, it's very flat. It's very hot. <laughs> um, but now I'm in Atlanta. There's, um, there's a paved biking path like right behind our apartment. So nice. Uh, there, there's no excuse. So <laughs> this weekend I did finally get my bike out of storage. I'm going to take it down and, and work on it this weekend if I can and uh, try to get back into Because I feel like, at least for me, I need to do something physical. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I'm sitting in a chair all day just staring at a computer. It's, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, you know I, I worked out for the first time on, I think it was Thursday night. And it was so painful. It was horrible. I was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm so out of shape and, and, uh, we're so old. But, <laughs> yeah. But it, as painful as it was, it, it did feel good too to, yeah. to do something other than just, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try to be more physical. I, that's kind of my goal this year is to, to do something more physical, whether it's biking, working out, mm-hmm. uh, just going on a long walk, um, just, just to get away from the computer computer yeah there, there's always gonna be time to sit down a code i need to you know I, i'm still young i need to try to make sure i'm as healthy as i can before i i get to the point where i i can't do those things anymore yeah no 100 percent. like one of the most common advice for like people that they work like sit on a desk or like even like mm-hmm. in front of a computer it's just like find an exercise find a physical activity something that you enjoy doing and doesn't have to be competitive like my main mm-hmm. issue is that throughout my whole life i always started doing physical activities and then turned into a competition because i wanted to be the best <laughs> i wanted to be on top so uh, and also like i started doing physical activity because i was feeling stressed i was feeling like not not happy and the first couple of months like oh this is great i'm enjoying i'm like not thinking about work and then after two three months four months i was getting good at that physical activity it was like soccer or basketball or then i started doing kung fu and i was getting really good and it's like okay now i'm gonna be like gonna get my black belt certification in less than mm-hmm. three years so i'm gonna just like hammer down <laughs> on kung fu and just practice five times per week every night and then I burn out myself also on a physical activity <laughs> right uh, it's just terrible so it's uh just chill (laughs) i should just say this is my personal issue i cannot do something without being hyper competitive um also at work right now we uh over summer we created this softball team which participate in this small beer league that means that during the game we're allowed to drink beer which is super (laughs) chill and super relaxed Guess who's the only person who doesn't drink beer? Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing that's you. Yes. <laughs> I'm the one shouting at the edge of the field like, 
get that ball, run, second base, <laughs> come on, we can do it. Everyone is like so chill, they're making a barbecue, the other team has <laughs> kids and dogs, they're playing while they have right. the game, and I'm so intense, and they it's hate the World me. Series for you, I mean. What's that? This is the World Series for you, right? Oh yeah, this is like Major League. I'm like, yeah. kidding? Like my my scholar tuition depends on this or stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't relax. In like, I start doing something for fun, and then it turns into a competition every time. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, okay, so another thing is that it's all related to uh, this thing of unwinding and disconnected thing, but. Also, like just using your brain without being in front of the device is just reassessing your goals. And most mm -hmm. of the time, I notice and like writing on a notebook helps me a lot because I I have to actively think of all the things I'm doing and they cause me stress and it cause me to get into the burnout. And I notice that sometimes the the usual rule of uh, the, the 20 and 80. The rule of 20 and 80 mm -hmm. basically is that the 20% of the things that you have to do are like they will cover the rest of the 80% of the things that you have to do. So by doing just basically if you have 10 things, you just do two things and with those two things accomplished, you will cover pretty much all the rest of the eight things that you have to do and all the accomplishment that you will gain from the other eight things. So it's mm -hmm. always good to make a list of all the things that you're doing and trying to actually understand what are the really important thing that will cover for my happiness and will cover for my life and all the things. So that's also why I'm I'm doing less videos, but I'm trying to be like trying to make better videos before it was just a matter of amount. I'm trying to do as many videos as possible. And even if it's 10 PM and super tight, I have to record a video and that was causing me so much stress. And then yeah. like by doing that exercise, I realized, okay, why I'm doing YouTube videos is like being a YouTuber, my career goal. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't want to just yeah. like, I, I want to get like a million subscribers in, in, in a year. No, that's not my goal. I'm just enjoying doing videos because I like to teach and I like to share my knowledge. But if I don't publish a video, nothing bad happens. Like I'm right. not gonna lose my job or I'm not gonna uh, lose my YouTube channel or I'm gonna lose all my audience. Nothing bad happens actually happen so i i but internally you're thinking yeah i haven't i haven't published something this week i'm yes yeah that's gonna, yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's your um that's yours i don't know it's like you're de the devil inside you it's like this yeah. little voice that says oh no you didn't publish a video now or your audience is going away and when you publish <laughs> the next video is going to be too late you lost your window you lost your spot <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's just you know, fake. I've, I've definitely felt that. You know, it's e even when I started out, I had you know the first five subscribers. I was like, these five people are going to hate me because I haven't published this week. You know? Yes, <laughs> and it's like you, you hold yourself to it, and uh, you know, and, and I guess you know the what's the saying that you're you are your worst critic. Oh, your your own worst critic. Um, yep. You know, it's like even when I when I did the uh, the redesign of my website. Mm -hmm. Um, after I did the whole time lapse and I put the video out there and I started looking at my website, I was like, 
I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Never satisfied about your own yeah. things. Yeah, that's normal. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, but like being critic about your own work is good as far as it doesn't affect your overall happiness where that's where we we go wrong <laughs> we start thinking yeah. so you're not good it's like no <laughs> it's okay not liking your own things but you don't have to negatively affect your own self-esteem which we all do yeah and um i don't know if you're okay with segueing into imposter syndrome right now but yeah that kind of goes right into it that's a good segue um, huh you know i think that I've had imposter syndrome with every time I've changed jobs mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I think this is step thing I've, I've seen a lot. I follow the, the web development subreddit mm -hmm. and I mean, every week there's somebody on there saying I've interviewed a job and they've, they've offered me the job. I'm starting Monday and I feel like I, like I've completely, you know, I'm, I'm fake. I'm, I'm not good enough for this job. I'm going to be terrible at it. Yes. Um, I've seen this so many times and I felt the same way. I've felt the same way with every job I've gotten. Um, this last job I, I started a year ago and it was my first position as a senior developer mm -hmm. and they offered me a job and I was like, I'm not a senior developer. I'm not good enough for that. Like I'm going to be terrible. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, for definitely for the juniors, especially when, when you're starting out and you're, you think that your first day they're going to give you some software or give you some architecture and be like, Go build it, yeah, and it has to be perfect, yeah. And that's not the case mm -hmm. at all. Um, you know, they they hired you because they picked you. They they thought you were the best of the pool, um, and they know that's going to take time to get used to the project. Um, a lot of times when you join a company, they've they've been working on this product for three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. uh, there's you know hundreds of thousands of lines of code. They're not going to expect you to walk in on day one. And just start fixing bugs and, and rolling out new features. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, and even knowing this, I've started new jobs feeling this way. It's, it's, to me, I think it's a sign that, that are really critical of yourself mm -hmm. and you want to do the best that you can. Yes. Yeah, I totally understand yeah. and I totally agree with you. It's um it's funny there was something related to a tweet that I read and I cannot remember. I cannot even find it. It was like one of the most like funny tweets I've ever read. Is that uh this guy <laughs> says, Okay, uh, a new developer starts at the first day of this new job, talks with his boss and says, Hey, we're gonna continue that polymorphic relationship exercise that we were doing during the interview <laughs> and the boss said haha no lol go fix this html button that's like <laughs> and yeah. that's actually true like uh, most oh, of the yeah, times yeah you 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 haze the interview and also the technical interview and then you start doubting yourselves like is this the level that i can expect that i have to expect in this company and mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm qualified and blah 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 but First, they're not going to throw you under the bus and not going to just give you a massive piece of software and just, okay, now you have to build that super complicated thing that you said you were capable of building. Uh, the, 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 there's always a buffer of time where they know that you need to get acquainted and used to the new team and your new role and then the software, you cannot be just 
um, straight out of the bat, just like start coding. They 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 don't even trust you, and it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is full access <laughs> to our production server. Do whatever you want. It's no. <laughs> if yeah. they do that, that means that the company doesn't know anything. It's just like it's really bad behavior and it's bad attitude in terms of hiring new people. But yeah, the the imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. Like. It doesn't matter if you're a junior, intermediate, a senior, a lead. Uh, I still have it. Like it's been two years now, and I'm this company. Sometimes I talk with my junior developer, and we're uh, in, like dealing with a problem, and he offers a solution, which is pretty brilliant. And I start doubting about myself. Like why I didn't think about mm -hmm. that solution? Oh my god, yeah. am I really good at this role? <laughs> Did I actually? And it's been two years, and I I had a promotion in these two years, so. Everyone else around me thinks I'm good for that position, except me, <laughs> even after two years, <laughs> which is stupid. But our brain thinks like that. It's always yeah. self-doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just told the other day that we're possibly going to be hiring a, a mid-level developer. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately like, oh, like, what, what if they realize, like, I'm an idiot? Like, <laughs> yeah, me and too. Gonna I'm job, scared. You know? Yeah, so it's, you know, it. yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. It's... Oh, it's it's a weird feeling. But... Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like recently because of this, and I have also an extra layer of doubt and extra layer of self-doubt and imposter syndrome because of my <laughs> language skills. I like being Italian. I moved here four years ago, and my English it's okay. But from a technical point of view, I really miss some words because I learned programming in Italian. So. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're talking about technical things, I I literally say things wrong. Like I call a thing in another way. Like I don't use the real technical word, uh, or I I I don't know. Just just I do random English mistakes, mm -hmm. and that makes me feel really behind compared to my coworkers. And it's. It's an extra thing. So now what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to listen to podcasts or read books that are really technical and they just use technical terms. And the problem is that I feel more and more stupid because I read or I hear these things like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, this is so terrible. And then I see the code examples. Oh, I know this. I know how to do this. I just don't know how to describe it, but I know how to do this. But still it remains in my brain because you don't know the exact technical word to call that thing, you're stupid and <laughs> you're not good. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. It's just it's just a spiral. It's, we'll never right. never get over it. No, I mean I, I, I work with a lot of uh, a lot of people that don't speak English as their first language mm -hmm. and I don't when I when I hear somebody misspeak because they use the wrong word for something, mm -hmm. I I don't immediately think like this person's stupid. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> no, no one um, does. It's like it's just, just me. It's <laughs> just the person he yeah. tells. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I'm sure that it's you know, for for the person misspeaking it, it, you know, like you, like for instance, it does. You you you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I sound like an idiot or whatever. Yeah. But to to me, I don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I I think that, you know, I've I've been given technical interviews where they've asked me basically just vocabulary words, and I'm like. I don't know what that is, but if you showed me a code, I could tell you what it's doing, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, I wouldn't feel bad about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for reassuring me. I was like, but it's not going to happen. So do you think 
you will ever overcome imposter syndrome or it's part of your life now and that's it i think it's just part of my life <laughs> um you know because you know I've, I've been thinking about you know what what's my next step i'm, I'm a senior developer mm -hmm. you know next steps like architecture or i don't want to do it but it would be management mm -hmm. um so there's always something else out there that i'm gonna feel that, that i'm not qualified for yeah um or even like when I was saying we're going to hire a, a mid-level developer. What, what if that mid-level comes in and they know so much about you know we're, we're looking about we're looking at doing some stuff for for iPads mm -hmm. um, and we're at the very early stages thinking about if we're going to do like a progressive web app or mm -hmm. how we're going to manage it. But what if we hire somebody and they're just like an iOS expert, yeah. but they're a mid-level developer and they're going to look up to me and I'm a higher rank than them. Uh, you know I'm I'm going to be constantly thinking about that. So. Um, I don't think I'll ever get over it. I'm always going to have it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What about you? Yeah, me, me too. Like hundred percent. It's funny. Uh, that happens almost daily at my, at my work, uh, especially because of the role that I have. Like I also do design and I, I kind of like manage the server and do DevOps and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like a man of many hats. I'm mm -hmm. still feel like I'm always average in everything. I will never be the best at one thing or like really good in one specific field or what really good in one specific i don't know just like back-end development or just front-end or just ux interaction i will mm -hmm. be always average on pretty much everything and i always doubt about myself it's 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 absurd even if then practically the thing that happens is always my solution is kind of like the better solution in terms of scalability and uh, I always suggest something that probably the other developer doesn't agree with and then it turns out that my approach was the most scalable one and the most um, easier to implement. So I have daily confirmation of the thing that I'm good at what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. still, I still doubt about myself every single day and it's, I think also, one of the worst enemy of the imposter syndrome or like every developer are meetup groups. <laughs> I have something <laughs> against meetup groups, which is that's why I want to open a meetup group that is not a meetup group. Is that really? I don't know if it happened to you, but every time I get into a meetup group, I always feel like an outsider. Like these guys are mm -hmm. too smart. I have no idea what they're talking about. And after spending a little bit of time with the people inside, I I realized that also they have no idea what they're talking about. But because everyone has imposter syndrome, everyone tries to use these big words and every time tries to do <laughs> every presentation has to be some like mind-blowing, technically challenged presentation that no one ever heard of, something like new that you can show off because everyone is trying to like prove that they're good. Yeah. And then the audience doesn't understand shit. It's like, uh, what What are you talking about? Like, I don't know what this is. So yeah, meetup groups are the worst for your self-esteem. Yeah, I've, I've had uh, I've had the same thing from meetups groups, but I've, I've also had the opposite. Um, I used to go to a, a group uh, fairly often and, and I was always like, God, these guys are all way ahead of me. Mm -hmm. You know, people ask these super hard questions. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and then I stopped going for a long time. And then I went back like two years later and this group that used to be like 60 or 70 developers, I showed up and it's like 
10 of them in a room. That's it. Like, I don't know what happened to this group. And there were two talks. Um, I don't remember one of them, but the second one was a guy. The reason why I went was he was going to be talking about Docker. Mm. Um, I never used Docker. Mm. He was talking about scaling it and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Like the abstract looked cool. I'm going to go see it. And it was basically him up there for 20 minutes just installing this stuff on a server. And there was like no coding. There was no explanation as to what he was doing. And and most of the time, was it was just waiting for things to just download and install on a Linux server. Mm. And so I just sat there like, what am I even doing here, you know? So I don't know. It's just... Uh, I think I think you're right. People are trying to prove themselves, and mm-hmm. they are like, "I've got this awesome idea. I have to show everybody, and then I'm going to be famous, and people are going to invite me to 12 conferences this yeah. year." And um, so, yeah, it's um, I don't know why I I, I don't want to say that it's a competitive environment, the one that we are, but I think it is. <laughs> But it, it really is, yeah. it really depends on, on the people because I, I've been lucky enough to work with super cool developers that were like way smarter than me, but they never put it in front of you. They never just like mm-hmm. act cocky or act like, oh, right. I'm better than you, so I don't have to talk to you. But the problem is that the majority of the developers are like that. They because they feel threatened. It's not like then th- there's also the general dick that it's just like a <laughs> a bad person that wants to be the best and it doesn't care about anyone else. But majority right. of the developers that they're kind of like arrogant and they try to to step out and just show off is that because they have a massive self doubt. So they have to prove themselves that they're better than you. They're smarter than mm-hmm. you. They they have to put themselves on a pedestal. So it's harder for you to prove them wrong. Or it's harder for you to make them feel they're not good enough. And I don't really like this testosterone type of level of <laughs> right. working together, but we're actually competing. And it's... Uh, and it's something that I'm experiencing with my my junior that right now it's turning into like a mid-level developer and my company. He always has this necessity, this need of proving himself that his ideas are better and always questions every single decision because it thinks as solution is better. And sometimes it does that. Most of the time it does that just because. It just like wants to write down and show you that he's good, that he's, he knows what he's talking about. Even if the conversation right. then goes back immediately to the first solution that it was the perfect one, he needs to prove himself and needs to have that technical challenging conversation to show off because he feels probably threatened and he feels mm-hmm. like he has to prove himself and everyone does it. But we should be more honest with each other like i'm the first one saying even when i'm talking with the junior developers like oh i'm sorry i I don't know what you're talking about can you explain me what it is when we were rebuilding the new version we we first started using Vue.js and view axios and vuex store to store the states and all this stuff he started mm-hmm. using getters and i didn't know how getters worked in a, a vuex store so i I read the documentation and I didn't understand like what's the point of a getter in specifically in the store of UX. So I asked him mm-hmm. like, why use a getter? Just explain to me, like teach me how to use a getter. And it right. doesn't matter. He has 
four years of experience and I have 15 years of experience in coding. I didn't know something. I'm totally cool and say, I don't know this thing. Uh, But then I also have the opposite where that happens with like out of the blue, I start feeling, oh, I'm not good. Even if I have this moment where I'm totally cool in saying, yeah, no, I don't know this. Can you explain it? It depends mostly on the attitude of the other person affects me and I start fearing that he's gonna find out that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you, have you ever experienced something like that, that your behavior changes based on whoever you're talking to? Um, possibly. I, you know, the last, last four years I've worked, I've worked on very small teams where I've been the, the most junior of all the developers working. So, mm-hmm. um, I haven't really worked with developers that are more junior than I have, than I am. Um, so I haven't dealt with that. Um, you know, I, I find that at least on the internet, when you, when you talk to people that are not in your organization, because I, I feel like sometimes in the organization, everybody's trying to prove themselves to manage because they want the promotion. They won't put the raise or something. <laughs> yeah. Internet, you know, you put out an issue like on Twitter or on Stack Overflow and people are just jumping to, to just help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this YouTube channel is because I, I wanted to start engaging with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had somebody just the other day on one of my uh, Tailwind WordPress series who was asking me questions like, you know, this isn't working for me. I've got this problem. And so we kind of went back and forth and I was able to help him solve it. And I, I really enjoyed doing that. Nice. Um, and that's why I, I do want to have a junior mid-level developer under me because I, I do kind of like the whole mentoring idea of being... I'm a senior developer. I'm going to help you learn, and um, and at the time, you know, I I would like to learn from you, but I I can kind of see how that's kind of a a weird, mm-hmm. you know, going to somebody who has less experience to you and be like, explain to me why this is yeah. because it's a weird dynamic, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can kind of see why why you would feel that way, and mm-hmm. I have not experienced that, and um, you know, I'm hoping that we do are are we are able to hire some some lower level developers soon, and um. And maybe I'll experience that myself. But, yeah. Um, you know, I do kind of like the the idea of uh, just you know development as a whole in, in the world. Um, you know, we we help each other, and yeah. Uh, you know, you see a lot of you see a lot of things on the news of this country and that country, and everybody hates each other. But then you go online and you see people from different countries working together on a GitHub project. Oh it's, yeah. It's it's a pretty cool feeling to to kind of see that happen happening yeah it's amazing um just right when i was in seattle i actually stumbled upon uh felipe escoto uh, he's a developer for elementary us he's built like spice up notes up uh all those little oh, wow. yeah, yeah he's the he's like a 21 or year 21 years old kid from mexico he just got an internship at microsoft so he was wow. he moved to seattle coincidentally the same week i was down there so i met him and it was amazing it like it didn't matter i we had like 12 years of difference <laughs> but it was like so cool to meet him and talk with him and talk about elementary and linux and coding it was just like fantastic and th- that's what it should be um mm-hmm. overall like at the end of the day it doesn't matter really your skill level because in a lot of companies, I've been the one to not get fired because I was always the one, even if I was less experienced this someone compared to someone else that got fired, I was the one 
with a positive attitude, always forward thinking, always saying, uh, yes, it, this is difficult, but we can do it. We need time and I would love to try it. Like I never, I was never aggressive. I was never like passive aggressive, especially a lot of developers right. are passive aggressive, which is yeah. like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Uh, so it's mostly about attitude. It's fine to have imposter syndrome because you will never get rid of it. Like everyone has it, even like probably even, I don't know, Bill Gates has <laughs> <laughs> imposter syndrome. Uh, the thing is that you have to be human and you have to be kind and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay mm -hmm. with saying, yeah, I'm not, I don't know this thing. I'm not sure if I'm good enough, but I'm willing to try and I'm willing to, to do it. It's just oh. not, don't, uh, don't waste opportunities just because you think you're not good enough. That's the worst thing that you could do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying, uh, you miss every shot you don't fire. Exactly. You miss every shot you don't take. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, even if you're doubting yourself, if, if somebody's you know, giving you an offer letter mm -hmm. and you don't think you're good enough for it, you definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay, transitioning to uh, basically the end, almost the end of the episode we have, I have personally like a book recommendation and then we have a bunch of questions from our wonderful, wonderful audience. So my book recommendation for this week, it's something that uh, it was recommended in the Syntax FM podcast by Wes Boss and Scott Tolinsky. And it's a book about productivity, which I hate because books about productivity, <laughs> all the books that are read about productivity are the worst because they're all about you have to be happy. Uh, you have to find something that makes you feel happy. You have to repeat to yourself, you're great. You're a great person. You're going to be successful. All these like stupid holistic things that don't are not practical mm -hmm. uh, instead this book is called eat that frog and the subtitle is 21 great ways to stop procrastinating and get more done in less time which is true <laughs> i i bought the book i read it it's like a super small book it's like not even 100 pages less and it just gets right to the point. It doesn't waste time in uh, uh, telling you useless things. It's just like list all the 21 actions that you can start doing from today or tomorrow to just stop procrastinating and activate and be, be more productive in your life. And it's it's great. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm rereading it and taking notes for how great it was, which is... That never happened to me with a book. <laughs> um, so I, I really highly recommend this book. Have you ever heard about it, read it, read it? No, I haven't, but I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, check it. It's um, I also bought the audio version, which it's super helpful when I walk my dog. I just like listen to it, a little chapter. Uh, it's really helpful. And one of the, the, first, um, the first thing that the suggestion of this, the, the, the whole concept of this book it's called eat the frog because there's all these uh, there was this old saying that if every day when you wake up in the morning the first thing that you do is eat a frog that's probably the worst thing that could happen to you in that day mm -hmm. so always put as first thing in your day the most annoying and the most difficult thing to do don't mm -hmm. put in your list of tasks the least difficult or the easiest task or the things that oh i can take care of this super quickly and then i'm gonna jump to the most annoying thing or like this is more complicated so i'm gonna put it at the last 
task for the day. Always do the most difficult task or the most challenging task as first one. And your brain is going to ad- adapt to that situation and you're going to get used to tackling important and heavy things first thing in the morning. And that's, this is just one of the 21 different advices, but it worked. <laughs> like really worked okay. for me. Like, I've been in the past three, four weeks, I've been way more productive at work. Uh, I've been able to accomplish way more tasks. And uh, sometimes... Last week, I, I I realized I finished all the tasks that I had for the day, like at 3 p.m. I'm like, whoa, that's so early. I have like two extra hours, which I can spend outside and do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll check it out. And uh, it's, that's good advice. Um, I, I usually, you know, do procrastinate on the things I don't want to do. And Yes, we all so. do. <laughs> Okay, so jumping right on a question from our audience. This is this question is for you. The first one is related to Laravel, and the All user. Right. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his name. I think it's a nickname. I don't think it's a real name, but could be. But the name is Wushudepesa. Wushudepesa. I guess so. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry for <laughs> butchering your name. Um, the first question is: um, Is it worth to learn Laravel? Because everything that Laravel can do, I can do it in WordPress plus plugins. Even if it's a user-based website, I still feel that it's easier for me to create WordPress plugins. Uh, is there something I'm missing? So basically, when should I use and should I choose Laravel? Yeah, this this is a great question, and I've seen a lot of people on your your live uh, videos mm-hmm. ask this, like, you know, why not just use Laravel instead of WordPress? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there Laravel and WordPress are just two different tools that can do different or the same things. Um, if you wanted to write a blog for somebody, um, you could certainly do it in Laravel, mm-hmm. but WordPress has it right out of the right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, as for anything you want to do that you could build with WordPress plus a plugin, um, you know, maybe there's not a plugin for this exact thing a client wants. Um, you know, maybe there is, but there could be some performance issues. Yes. Um, or creating your own plugin, uh, you know, creating your own plugin, you're, you are kind of tied into the WordPress ecosystem. Uh, you're tied into like the WordPress database and all that stuff. Um, I feel like with a very custom app that somebody wants a very particular thing, you know, Laravel may be the best tool for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, WordPress definitely can be used in a lot of different situations. Um, there's a lot of plugins that can do a lot of pretty amazing things, and that may be the best situation for you. It depends on how much flexibility you want. Mm-hmm. If you if you want a lot of flexibility and a lot of customize customization, I think Laravel is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you found something that'll work for you, then throwing a plugin on WordPress is going to be a very fast solution. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you extend on that at all or. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, I totally agree. Like a perfect answer. Absolutely. The, the one small thing that I would like to add is also, um, related to skill level, uh, because definitely like WordPress is, is really easy to learn even for a junior developer is really easy to use and you can do a lot of things laravel it requires a little bit of more technical skills and a proper knowledge of php object oriented programming and some database migration and it just it's a little bit more stiff to just like jump into laravel than wordpress but definitely mm-hmm. if the objective of 
this person of whatever user is to be better at programming, at one point you should stop using WordPress for your project. At one point you should jump and try and, and test Laravel and learn Laravel. Even mm -hmm. if then the solution is that, okay, WordPress is more suitable for that, you will have a uh, more technical knowledge that can be applied to building a WordPress plugin or building a WordPress theme and make it 10 times better than you used to before. So um, yeah, two completely different software. One it's a CMS, the other one it's a PHP framework and you can do, mm -hmm. with both you can pretty much do the same thing, but the process is completely different and you have yeah, it's just like, it's mostly dependent on the project that you have to do and how you mm -hmm. want to do it. Yeah, as you said, sometimes you're tied to the WordPress architecture and tied to the WordPress database, which you don't have these limitations in Laravel. You can do whatever right. you want. Yeah, awesome. Okay, the other question is um, just related to WordPress. It's from Football Heroes. And it's uh, is asking: Is it mandatory to create the functions.php file for each team theme? Sorry, still my stupid accent. <laughs> uh, for each theme that we have to build, or we can copy the functions.php file from the latest theme that WordPress releases. Is this a bad approach or good? Um, I'd say it's right off the bat is a bad approach. <laughs> so WordPress releases every time there's a new version of a new year releases a new theme like the 2016, 2017 and so on. And all these themes they come with this functions.php file that is the main file necessary for the WordPress theme to work. Uh, I wouldn't copy the functions.php from one of this built-in theme that it's not a starter theme. That's the difference with a WordPress theme and a starter theme. Those are two completely different things. A WordPress theme comes with heavy customization and mm -hmm. all the methods in the functions.php, they have a prefix related to that theme. And uh, all the methods and the functions that are written there are specifically for like to activate specific aspect of that specific theme. So are suited mostly for just the theme. Of course, you can extract it, rewrite a bunch of functions, remove them, like remove all the methods that you don't need and just have a regular started functions.php. But it's better, in my opinion, to actually build one that it's sort of like a standalone uh, started functions.php file, and then you can use that in everything that you use. So it's more, you, it's easier to customize. You don't have to deal with all the things that were written before. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Or you know, even as like a composer package that you pull in and then included in your functions PHP file every time you start a new theme. Mm -hmm. If there's, you know, certain functions that you're always using that are maybe shorthand for doing certain things, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to use. Yeah. You know, I, I would I would build your own starter theme or extend a starter theme, take like the AWPS mm -hmm. or underscores, own have your own functions PHP in that and then use that to build all of your themes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, the last question that is design related, which I'm gonna direct towards you because you're <laughs> kind of like stumbled upon this sort of like issue. Uh, okay, this guy is Katsub Shinde, Kahutsu, Kahutsu Shinde. 
Yes, I guess. <laughs> so hard. Um, <laughs> I develop WordPress themes for my clients every day and I find it very difficult to come up with creative design ideas. And as a result, sometimes my designs end up being the same or looking like alike, all the same. How to come up with design ideas for themes and create something original? So you said you're not a designer, Chris, but you design your own website. How did you get the inspiration and how did you decide, okay, I'm going to decide it this way and what's your process? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible designer. Um, you know, I've, I started programming in high school on like calculators and stuff and it's been kind of like the, you know, the afterthought for my projects, um, which is why a lot of times I've used Bootstrap or mm -hmm. Bulma or something. Um, cause it's like, oh, it looks decent and I, I can put it together fast. Mm -hmm. So I've been focusing this year on trying to learn design more. Um, you know, I've never been to any design classes. I've never taken, um, anything to do with graphic design or web design or anything. Um, so I even put out on Twitter a couple months ago, like, you know, Hey, does anybody have any resources for learning design as a developer you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very logical thinking um i don't know color theory i don't know fonts i just stuff um and i got a few good resources um one of them was uh and i hope i say her name correctly tanya rassia mm -hmm. uh, she is a developer designer and, and she's got a, a a great blog post i'll uh, i'll send it to you and put it in the youtube nice. video um and uh, I read through that, and it made a lot of sense. Um, I got a couple other responses of different resources, and um, you know, one one of the resources was to to go through and find a website that you think is designed well, because I, I feel like I have an eye to say this website looks great or this website looks like crap. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, make my own and be like, I know I'm going to make this look awesome. So one of the the exercises I went through was to find a site that you thought was designed well. And I picked um, slack.com, the, the home page of Slack. Mm -hmm. And it was to rebuild it from scratch. And uh, I I finished like 90% of it. I I should finish it. I <laughs> need to get back to that. <laughs> yeah. I think I just have the footer left to go. And it was and it was to get you to pay attention to certain little things like what fonts they're using, how much how much padding they're using. And you start to notice these little things like uh, how much line space is in the, the you know little subheaders of the paragraphs or um, how much spacing is there next to icons and how big the icons are. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm starting to go through that myself. Um, as to come up with creative designs, for me, I steal everything. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I go out there and I just... You know, I, I there's there's websites like the WWW Awards, yeah. um, you know, where they they have these inspirational websites, and I just look around and I I see elements that I like, or I see things that look to get look good together, mm -hmm. and I just steal them. Um, you know, it's the web is a free open place, so there's there's no one that's going to come and, and arrest you for stealing that font and color combination. So, oh yes, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so for me, I, I'm not a very creative person mm -hmm. and so to me i just i go out and i i find things i like and i try to mimic them mm -hmm. yeah yeah 100 i agree that's that's pretty much what I, like 
what everyone is doing and what everyone does and it's totally fine like it's not i wouldn't say stealing but it's just like finding inspiration because mm-hmm. you can like it's especially if you're not used to creative process and you're not used to just like imagining something uh, how would you like to be and how you're envisioning a website that is doesn't have any form yet it's important to stimulate your brain with some visual cues. So going around and checking award-winning websites or something really cool, something that you feel like, oh, this is good, this looks amazing, it's easy to navigate, I like this type of design. Mm -hmm. It gives you a hint of something that you could do and it's totally okay to get a fully-fledged design, a website is already there, and try to repurpose it with whatever you need to do. Uh, the things that I do, I like to go on uh, Theme Forest, especially if I have to build a WordPress uh, website. I go on Theme Forest and I I search for that specific category that I need to build the website through. So if I have to build a magazine online or a blog or a photography website for a um, personal portfolio, I check those collections to collect idea. And sometimes it's it's almost impossible to find the perfect design. Oh, I just wanted something like exactly like this one. But most of the time you find, oh, this header section is really well done. I want to implement this. Um, or how the blog posts are displayed. This is great. I like this, the flow of this page. Or the menu. Oh, this is a new interesting way of putting the menu. And you can totally do a patchwork in your design software just like do little screenshots create a patchwork just to give you some inspiration on what you want to do and uh, because this guy is a designer he's designing this theme the main thing that you should do in every project is trying to do something slightly different of what you did before it's fine to have the same exact structure for 20 different websites like file structure or like the the structure of a design page is kind of like hard to create something completely groundbreaking or mind-blowing because we you have to respect the grid you have some specific things that they need to work in responsive you have a limited real estate for the page where you have to fit the content so the main thing is that start with simple blocks and start with a well-known structure that makes you feel comfortable because you already built it so that's easy and then try to uh, change something and try to add something new to uh, a design that otherwise would be the usual boring design for example you have the usual header area that it's a block an image and then you have the introduction with the H tag and then the paragraph and then below you have three boxes with the three main things then below you have an about section and then the footer just a regular page structure and you can find a million of different pages exactly like that but what yeah. if the menu instead of being a regular top bar menu it's hidden behind an animated button with an SVG and when you click it it opens this slider that takes over half of the page and the rest of the page blurs out that's just Mm -hmm. one addition that you can try because probably you saw an animation like that that does this so you can introduce this extra element that it's kind of particular to our uh, otherwise boring quote-unquote boring design Um, but it's the thing is that it's totally fine to have website that they look alike, that they're similar. They're yeah. your website. You have a specific taste, a specific style, 
and it's normal. It's like asking to Picasso to have every single painting should be completely different with each other. No, mm -hmm. Picasso has his own style and his own type of thing that, of course, changes throughout the years. But if an artist paints the same or like different paintings in a week, all those different paintings will look alike because it's the style. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's totally fine. It's not that every website has to look unique on its own. That's right. that's not that not how it happens and not what happens. So that's it. I hope it's a satisfying answer. Well, I, for for me, that's that's good advice. I I like that. Oh, nice. That's good. So. Awesome. So uh, you're gonna redo your design? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna completely do it again. <laughs> oh, damn it! No, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's it's one of those things. I don't know. I I designed it and then I don't know. I feel like it looked good in the mockups and mm -hmm. then once I got it on the web, it didn't feel as good so yeah that's the worst i don't know i may not completely redesign i might just tweak it some but which is uh, fine yeah yeah definitely yeah. i always do that too um like the design softwares unfortunately they don't simulate properly especially like text rendering it's completely different <laughs> online and based on different browsers it's just terrible yeah <laughs> and also colors do you see the the tweet that i retweeted recently of that guy opening the Airbnb website in four different browsers on the same phone. Yeah. And the pink background was shifting between like red and bright pink, depending on the browser. So <laughs> doesn't matter what you design, your stuff will be changed based on the browser because mm -hmm. consistency is impossible. Yep. The browser, the monitor, everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, we are at the end of this fantastic episode. I had so much fun and I hope we gave out some good advice to fight burnout and stay productive and stay motivated, I guess. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you think it's going to happen, your next burnout, if you're not experiencing it right now. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm recovering from one right now. I think, uh, I, I think I'm coming out of it. Nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, get more physical get more into biking and hopefully i'll be able to you know push push out of it before it really becomes a, a burnout yeah nice that's awesome okay so as usual you can find me on twitter facebook and on this very own youtube channel and these podcast episodes will be available on itunes and uh, it's a, just a public address feed so on all the other apps that you can listen to podcasts with where we can find you chris uh, you can find me also on Twitter and YouTube and my website, chrisperco.net. Um, you know, reach out for anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have any other videos you guys have, you know, interest in that I might be able to build, mm -hmm. then, um, you know, let me know. Awesome. Okay. Thanks you so much, guys, for watching. Thanks, Chris and Chris, for participating to this lovely episode. And I talked to you, we talked to you in the next one. As usual, happy coding, happy designing, and be happy in general. Just be happy. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>